0: Thank you for tuning into the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. You know, as we started coming into the weekend, I thought, who knows how much snow we're going to get. And then we were out Friday, Mel, all right, remember Tim, I was like, hey, turn me up, and then if you can bring me down, just a, just a hair, probably everywhere. <laughs> Mel and I were out on Friday, and she loves the snow. Like she loves when it comes down. She loves watching it, and she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm so torn." I was like, "Well, let's just pray for another day. Like it just doesn't need to be Saturday. Like let it come on Monday. Like, but it always comes like right before church." And um, I'm glad that there wasn't like a ton of ice right before. Like that was snow. Man, I love playing in the snow. I didn't get a chance to do any of that yesterday, but maybe a little bit tomorrow since the kids don't have school. Um, When Mel and I first got here in in 2019, we showed up here in July of 2019, and we had no idea the ride that we were in for, even here at the start. And I remember sitting in different places in the parking lot and coffee shops and and even here and at our house, and, man, we had hopes and, and and we begin to dream, and we plan, and we prayed for this place. And as we continue to build, we want this house and this community to be affected not just by actions, not just by things that we're doing, but by what we are praying. Because we will do our part, but we need God to do His part. Because how the kingdom is built isn't by might or power, but it's by God's spirit. That's what we see over and over in scripture. And that's what we want a part of because we desperately want to see what God has in store for us this year. Because what he does in me trickles out to in you, and what he does in you trickles out to your family, and what he does in this house trickles out to the communities around us. We want to see what God has in store, and that requires that we be a church and a people of prayer. And, and maybe you've just started coming here and, and you're unsure why we're looking at prayer at the beginning of the year. This is why, because we don't wanna miss what God is doing. And so we do 21 days of prayer at the beginning of every year. This year, we will do it twice. We'll do it now at the beginning of the year and we'll do it right before our fall kickoff at the end of summer. We wanna spend time allowing our hearts and our ears and our faces and all of our attention to be pointed at God so that we can hear him clearly. And if, if you struggle with, man, I'm not sure what to pray or what scriptures to meditate on, um, there's a Pray First booklet. As you come in, they're right there by the door. You can grab one of those and go through it. Or if you're like, man, I don't want paper. What's paper? Are we in the 1970s? If you don't want paper, you can download the Pray First app, and there will be the same um, resources in the Pray First app as there are in the Pray First booklet that's there. Just things to help you to dive in to figuring out how to pray a little bit better and a little bit more. And and we also started praying here on Saturdays from 10 to 11. It's huge. I can't talk about being a people of prayer without giving opportunity for us to build a culture of prayer. And so every Saturday we will be here. Even when we canceled yesterday, I want you to know that, that you're sitting in here and you're at home and there were people all over this city still praying for you. There were people praying for your family. There were still people in this room praying over where you're sitting today. Believing that God is going to move in your situation, in your circumstance, that God is going to give you the strength to fight through that addiction, to help with that struggle, to mend your marriage, to mend broken relationships, that God would open your heart today so that you could hear from him. All of that was happening because we want to be a people of prayer. We have to be a people that pray first. Oftentimes we act and then we pray and ask God to bail us out from the actions that we just did. But we want to be a people that start praying first in the morning. When we wake up, we're praying Before we drop the kids off at school or put them on the bus, we're praying over them. And it doesn't have to be a 25 minute prayer. It can just be, you know, hey, hold on. Before you get on the bus, Jesus, be with them today. Help them to be who you created them to be, to lead and not to follow. Let your love shine through them. Amen. All right, go get on the bus. It could be simple. Before they get on the bus, before you take that meeting, you can say a a quick prayer. Before you go on the job and you drive to your job site as you get out, whatever it may be, let's be a people that pray first. When we're on the internet, before you go to that website, before you click post on that post that you think is going to change the world and they're going to see the way that you do, before you do that, what if we begin to pray first in everything that we're doing? See, because prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. And as we talk about prayer, we we talked about this last week, and, and it's the same thing. Like, we want to be better at prayer, but some of us, most of us, one time or not, and maybe right now, man, we're just struggling, like, I want to be better, but how do I get better at this? It, prayer seems so hard. I don't know what to pray or how to pray. I begin to think back. Um, I remember in Sunday school classes, the teachers would make you get in like a circle, right? And you had to join hands and pray. But it was one of those things where the teacher would say, you know what, guys, we all need to pray today. So I'm going to start praying. And then I'm going to nudge you or squeeze the hand of the person next to me, and then it's your turn to pray. And then we're going to work our way all the way around the circle. And if you've been in that circle, you know you're never right next to the teacher. You're always like second or third to last over here, and you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to pray? I'm not sure what I'm going to pray. And so then, like, you get one or two things in your mind I know exactly what I'm going to pray. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So you're only kind of half listening, like you're prepping your stuff right here. And then the first person begins to pray and they pray all your stuff. And then there's a panic over what to do next. God, what do I, I don't, I don't know what to say. They pray for everything. I don't know, I don't know. And so when it gets to you, I remember doing this sometimes, like you just kind of, you get squeezed or nudged and then you just pass it along. Like you don't say anything at all. Like, I don't know what to do here. Or the the good parts are like, man, if you weren't first, but maybe you could be last, and you're like, and in Jesus' name, Amen. And then you get to like close it out, right? Like you get to put the power on the end of the prayer, and you know it's times like that that make us feel inadequate when we pray. And so even as an adult, like thinking about praying, I struggle at times figuring out, God, what in the world do I pray? How do I pray? Can can you help me to pray? And we're not the only people to struggle with prayer, to want to know how to pray or pray differently or even pray better. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 11. I, I want to show you one, one scripture before we really get started Today, So that you can feel the enemy loves to like make you feel like you're alone in this like man, everybody else is a prayer warrior like they have prayer rooms and they go to prayer retreats and like you are falling behind. And so I want you to see you're not alone in this. We are all in this together. Luke chapter 11 verse 1. It says once Jesus was in a certain place praying as he finished one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I want you to to get the significance of this request. All of these disciples, they knew how to pray. Growing up, they would have recited prayers every single day of their life, in the morning, in the evening, before their food. They memorized prayers. They memorized scripture. They had been praying. But what they hadn't experienced is whatever Jesus was doing while he was praying. And when they saw how he prayed and what he prayed and how the the difference was being made in who he was, when he came out of his time in prayer, they were like, hold on, wait, we know how to pray, but we need to know how to pray like that. And so this morning, I want us all to pray like Jesus. That's the title of my message. It's on the notes that you have today. So let's pray together. Jesus, we ask this morning as we look into your word, that you would challenge us, Lord, you would um, draw us closer to you. Lord, as we look at prayer, I pray that there would be light bulbs going off, there would be peace in our hearts, that what we would look at your word today and what we would find would encourage us that we can pray just like you. Lord, I pray that your word changes and challenges us. Lord, I pray that as I'm communicating that your spirit will be speaking individually to people where they're at. Speak to each of us today. And Lord, help me to communicate your word to your people. Anoint me to do it powerfully, confidently, and clearly so that they can hear you and see you and not me. In Jesus' name, amen. So in Luke 11, the disciples are like, man, teach us how to pray. And so now let's go back to Matthew where we started last week because this is the same conversation, just a different book. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus then answers them and says this, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, if you missed last week or, or just to provide you some context, Remember, Jesus here is giving the prayer, but last week he started with the secrets to prayer. He's like, first, like, it's when you pray, not if you pray. So you need to start praying. And then you need to steer clear of the show. Don't, don't pray to, to be considered spiritual. Don't pray louder than everyone feeling like that makes you something. Don't use lots of words. Like, don't, don't do any of that. Steer clear of the show and then just step inside. Find a room. Find your hiding place. And then speak sincerely. He gave us the secrets last week, and now he's giving us the substance of how to actually pray and this has been labeled the lord's prayer it's probably like that in your bible but this really isn't the lord's prayer this is for us this is the disciples prayer and you know over the years there's been lots of debate of like well did jesus really intend us to pray this like 21 seconds of prayer is is this supposed to be repeated over and over i just repeat it from memory or was this the pattern that he gave us and Today, I'm going to lean into what I believe, and I believe that it's the pattern that he gave us to pray. Because if you start digging into the original language, what Jesus says when he says, pray like this, he actually says, pray in this manner. He doesn't say, pray these words. There's a difference in those two statements, so we're going to look at it today as if this is the pattern for us to pray. Because Jesus shows us in, this, in these short verses that prayer doesn't have to be complicated It doesn't have to be difficult, that it's just talking to God. It's supposed to be simple and sincere. It doesn't have to put us to sleep. It can be fun. It can be life-giving. It can be encouraging and powerful. Like this is what prayer can be. And so today we're going to look through this pattern. We're going to step back through each of these verses slowly so that you can write down the pattern that we see Jesus tell us. That this is how we should pray. So let's pray like Jesus. If you catch a hold of this. If you catch a hold of the pattern that Jesus, not me, I didn't come up with this stuff. I came up with a couple of words, but they're just to summarize what we're going to see in Scripture. But if we take hold of this pattern, I promise it will change your prayer time. I promise it. if you're like, man, I can only pray for two or three minutes. Well, if you grab a hold of these six areas that we're going to go through today, and if you pray one minute in each of these areas, you just tripled your prayer time. Come on, let's let's see what we can do. Let's have some fun with this today. Don't let me be the only one's voice that's being heard today. Talk back at me. If this hits you, um, let's go. I know last week we had a really good response to God calling people to fast video games. Um, And so I'm excited to see what God will do this week. So let's turn back to verse 9. Here's what Jesus says. He says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy The first thing that Jesus wants us to do is to acknowledge God. We want to acknowledge God to start with. Here's what makes me, what I think about when we get to this part. Every morning, I I try to do my devotions while the kids are getting ready. Typically, Alexa's in the bathroom. Jordan's still sleeping. Sometimes he likes to wake up early and watch videos on YouTube. Like, he gets really educated before he gets to school. And so, every now and then, like, I get to see both of them in the morning. And, man, I love seeing my kids in the morning. Alexa will come out of the bathroom. Once she sees me there at the table, she'll come over. I'll hug her. I'll kiss her on her forehead. i ask her how she slept. When Jordan comes out, he'll normally come up, and he'll just kind of lean on me. I'm like, hey, how's my best boy? I'm good. you sleep okay? Yeah. What are you going to do? I uh, watch YouTube. All right. And then he'll go on. And, man, my face lights up. I get to spend some time with him. I get to hug them and kiss them. And I want you to see that Jesus could have started out this pattern of prayer any way, but he started off so that we would know just how to connect with the person we are praying to, and that is our Father. Don't let this pass you by because it could have been anything. He could have started out formally, but he started out relationally, and we have to start our prayers with that thought in mind that God wants to hear from you. That he's happy when you spend time with him. That when you come and see him in the morning, the first thing, oh, my gosh, he's so excited to see his kids. And we have to start here because my prayers reflect what I think about God. So we have to keep this in mind. I have to remind myself of who I'm praying to. This is God. This is my father. And you know what, man? He's close. And he cares and he's personal and he doesn't want me to be distant. He he wants me to know that he's also powerful. I can remember all of these things and I can connect with him. I can do this relationally. I don't have to come with big titles and big words. He's not asking for that. He's not saying that's how we start. I want to remind you what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. It says, You have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children and now we call him abba father we can call him dad we can come in close so it starts with acknowledging god and so as we connect with him relationally then jesus says hallowed be your name he's talking about the name of god and how holy it is when we begin to think about names sometimes we lose that in our culture right now but god's name is who he is it's his character when you begin to rattle off the names of God, most of us would start getting excited and we'd start shouting when we come to a name that has been something, that, that has done something in our lives. We get excited about that because God's name carries weight. If there's stuff happening in my house that I'm confused about. Like there's sometimes when you have kids, there's noises in rooms and then there's silence. And normally there's a loud sound, one loud sound right before the silence, right? And we... Normally, I yell for one of the kids, whoever I heard last, I yell for them to come upstairs. What's going on? This is happening. Stop it. Really? Yes. Go. If it's Jordan, I'll tell Jordan. Hey, uh, go downstairs and tell your sister to stop. And he just kind of looks at me and is like, tell her I said to stop. And he'll go back downstairs and he'll say, Lexa, dad said to stop. And then I'll hear Lexa and she'll say, Okay what's the difference well if he goes down and tells her to stop she looked at him funny but my name carries weight and so when he uses dad's name and says here's what dad said then it stops you see as jesus is painting this picture of what the pattern of prayer looks like as we acknowledge our heavenly father we also need to acknowledge that his name carries weight we need to use that in our prayers i mean think about moses when he's going back to egypt he's like who do i tell him sent me what, what, what's your name? How do I describe you? And he's like, Jesus, God says, I am, sent you. And when you look at the Hebrew, it's not just I am right now. It's like, I was, I am, and I will be. And, oh, man, that last part, the I will be, gives me so much hope that when I get to tomorrow, I am, will already be there in my tomorrow, working things out, doing things for me. I can know that God is there ahead of me. So do you know God's names? Are you praying those names when you spend time praying? I know I talk to God about being my sanctifier, about being my righteousness, In the times when I am in need, I remind him that he's my provider. When I need healing, I remind him that he is my healer. When I'm lost and need guidance, I remind him that he's my shepherd. When my thoughts are out of control, when I feel out of control, I remind myself that he is my peace. When I'm struggling, feeling like I'm fighting a losing battle, I remind myself that he is my banner of victory. On and on it goes. You need to find the names that you need and pray those names in your time. Acknowledge who God is. Proverbs tells us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that we can run into it and be safe. So acknowledge God. Number two, let's see. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus says, next, let's advance his kingdom. Check this out. Before we get to your, we got to get to your. Because the order of my prayer reveals the order of the priorities in my heart. And Jesus is saying, you better start with my kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is tough. Sometimes we, we feel like, yeah, I can pray that. Like, Jesus, come back now. Return, set everything right. Yes, we all want that to happen. Like, God, come now. Make everything work the way that it's supposed to. Set everything right. But until that day comes, his kingdom comes through me and you, living out an example to the world around us, shining a light in the middle of darkness, selling hope to people who have no hope, offering them the same Jesus that we found. This is how we build the kingdom until he comes. And then Jesus gets into some tough stuff, submission prayers, my will. Most of us are like, let's pray my will be done. I won't put that on you. I'll put that on me. I would like for my will to be done. And God, if you need help, I have a list of the things that my will includes. But that's not where Jesus tells us to go. And it's tough. It's against our natural inclination, right? But here's the truth. This is something that that I feel like will set you free because I have to remind myself of this. There's this weird thing that we begin to think about, well, God's will versus my will. We feel like my will is like pro-me more than God's will is pro-me. But I want to remind you, where do we start? We started with the relationship with our Heavenly Father. Who is a good God who loves us and is providing for us and taking care of us and if that's who God is then praying his will be done isn't like having to take bad medicine God's not going to force us to do something that we hate his will is good for us Again, it, like, it's not like being forced. Do you remember like forcing your kids to take medicine? That's not God's will. God's will is like bacon. It is good for you. It tastes good all the time. Whatever way you like to cook that bacon, that's what God's will is for you. So think about that. When you think, oh, man, God's will is tough. It's not working for it. No, no, no. God's will is like bacon. It is good for you all the time. Watch. Some of you are not going not to hear anything else. You'll like, Pastor Kevin said God's will is like bacon. It sure is. The the reason why we can advance his kingdom and not have to worry about our own kingdom or our will is because Jesus tells us in Luke 21 that if we seek his kingdom first, if we seek his kingdom above all else, then he'll give you everything that you need. So many times we want God to give us everything that we need and fit that into his kingdom. He's like, no, 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 no. Come on, just worry about advancing my kingdom and I'll take care of your kingdom because it is a part of mine. You're in mine. I got you covered. My provision is your provision. and We're going to continue to see that. Here's what he says next. Give us today the food that we need. And here's the the fun part for the next one. We need to depend on him for everything. Watch this. This is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Pastor. No, no, no. Watch. We got to trust him for what we need daily. So many times we pray prayers like, God, give us today I heard this growing up my entire life from Dr. West, like, give us today our yearly bread. This is what we ask from God. We we ask for security from what we can have for going forward, not just trusting him with each day. But Jesus is teaching us that we need to depend on him every day. I need to lean on him and depend on him to give me what I need. In Jesus' day, you needed this. It was an easy example to talk about bread. He knows that you need a job. He knows that you need to provide. He knows the things that you need every day. He knows the strength that you need, the anointing that you need. He knows all of it. He's wanting to give it to you. Just depend on him for everything. And there's something great about this that, that I was jotting down in my notes this week. That when we begin to realize that I can depend on him for everything, there's this recognition that every day God has my daily bread for me. Some of us grew up in places where we had to share. Some of us grew up in in places where we we had to take other people so that we would have something. And and I want you to see how God is, is working this pattern of prayer out when we come to him and depend on him for everything he is saying. There is something that I want to give you every day. It's for you. Will you come and get it? I've got it for you. You don't have to look anywhere else. Guess what? You also don't have to worry about what somebody else is eating over there because I'm going to provide for you today. This is yours. You don't have to take from someone else. You don't have to wish for something from someone else. I've got yours. Will we depend on him for what he has for us? And don't just pray when you need it. Some of us are great when we need it. Pray even when you got it handled. This helps us to, to learn, to respond, and out of not just our need, but out of a dependency on God. God, I need you for everything. Not, not just in the stuff that you can't handle and the stuff that you don't have, but the things that you already, God has already put it in your hand. He's already given you the strength to handle. Let's continue to bring those things to him. It will build a consistency in our dependency for God. Psalm 121 reminds us, you can look to the hills You can look everywhere else, but my help comes from the Lord. Depend on him for everything. Next, he says, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Next, we get to deal with your heart. And this is, half of this is easy, and the other half, we don't like Jesus for putting this in here. I'll speak for myself. See, we can begin, when we get to this part in the pattern, I can begin to, to be brave and pray things like how David prayed in Psalm 139 and say, God, you know what? Can you search my heart? Can you know my anxious thoughts? Can, can you look inside of me and, and my thoughts and my attitudes and, and point out the stuff that offends you? Not just so that I'm aware of it, but so that I can repent of it. That I need to have a heart that when God reveals those things that he's not pleased with in us, that we're willing to repent of those things right there. That we're not having a conversation about, God, can, can, can you just make an exception? Can we compromise in this area? I need No, 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 I need to deal with my heart, God. I just need to let you search it. And I need to let you point those out, and when I ask for forgiveness it's there. See, this prayer is tough to pray if we ask God to search us and point out all the things, but forgiveness is simple. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is 1 John 1 9, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful. And he's just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He doesn't just take it away. He removes it completely. He wipes it clean from your slate. There's no record of it any longer. He's not going to point back at it next week when you're like, man, you prayed for that last week. Remember when I did? No, no, no. He wipes it completely clean. If I bring it to him, he will do something about it. And as he points those things out and as I repent, here's what happens. I get to be more like him. I get to ask him to help me to lead like him and live like him and love like him and and, and be a husband as he would be a husband walking in my shoes. And then as he forgives me and deals with me, now I got to take that same grace and that same forgiveness and extend it to those that I come in contact with. This is where it gets hard, this is where we struggle because for some of us as we pray, and I'm gonna challenge you to begin to pray specifically. You know the people that you need to forgive, that you've been holding on to. And you can say their name. And as you pray, you don't don't have to throw the whole situation. God knows the situation that happened. And, And I don't wanna discount this and make you feel like, hey, just get over this and pray for them and you'll be better. Man, I know that some of the things that you've walked through, if you started telling your story, people would be, jaw-dropped and amazed that that really happened. And it wasn't a movie, and it wasn't on TV. You've been hurt. And people who who we were supposed to be able to trust have abused that trust and abused us. I know that that is real, and that's why I want to encourage you to just ask, God, can you help me to forgive this person? Continue to give him that and give him the situation so that he can bring healing Because if if we hold on to that and we we don't offer forgiveness, if we don't do that, it's like drinking poison and expecting it to affect them when it only affects us. So let's stop drinking the poison. Let's do the hard work of asking God to help us to forgive specifically. And then you can turn it to generically. God, I I need you to help me to have grace today. There are going to be people, I promise you, there are going to be people that offend you when you get to your work. When you get in line at Target or Walmart, when you go to the grocery store, there's going to be somebody hit you with their cart or cut in line. The worst, I I feel like offense in a grocery store is when you're standing in line and someone, you're in the express line because you got 15 items or less and then that person shows up with a full basket. Oh, is this the express line? It was just the shortest line. I just thought I would. As they're emptying their basket, you're like, put your stuff back in there and go in another line. But we can pray generically and we can ask God to begin to give us the grace For who's going to offend us that day and for some of us, that grace starts the minute we get behind the wheel and start driving to wherever we're going. We need God to give us some forgiveness right there because people don't know how to drive. Isn't it crazy that like when we get into these situations, we're the most perfect driver on the planet and everybody else don't know what they're doing I'm just saying maybe Jesus wants to help us improve our own driving as we're telling everyone else how to improve their driving. But maybe that's where we need to start. God, it's just generic. You know what, today, God, I'm going to get off the elevator and I'm going to walk by their desk. Help me. Help me to, to have grace for my boss. When he gives me more work than he gives everybody else. Help me to have grace. That way when you show up, wherever you're asking God to give you grace. And when you see those people, you can already think in your mind, man, I already forgave you before I saw you today. I'm good today. And I'm keep walking because we're dealing with our heart before. We're determining now to be a people that forgive just like Jesus forgives us. Next he says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And here's where we get to dive into the fight, dive into the fight. You see, for some of us, we don't want to be weird spiritual people, so we we kind of shy away from thinking about this, but we have an enemy, and he is out to steal, kill, and destroy all that you hold dear. And we better be aware that he is crafty and he is waiting in the wings to catch us off guard and spring something on us, a temptation or a pitfall of sin, of addiction, of something that will wreck all of who you are. He is waiting in the wings and this prayer is asking God to help us to see that before. It happens. God, help us. It, it doesn't say, God, don't lead us into temptation. James tells us that, that God is not going to lead you into temptation when it comes to sin. What this is saying is, God, help me to spot it so that I can know it and avoid it. Or you know what? What's even better is lead me away from it. Just, just lead me around. Each and every day we have chances to mess up and sin. The enemy is slick like that. He's waiting around every corner hoping to catch you in a spot where he can get you to fall down. See, most of us will walk out into the parking lot, walking to the driveway in our home, and we're looking a little bit for ice. But, you know, when you walk too confidently, you're like, man, I got this. That's the time when that ice is like, come here. And you fall so quick. Some of us have fallen and like slid underneath cars. Some of us have gotten injured from that. Like, And and if we could have prevented it, we would have, right? And that's what this prayer is talking about. Hey, let's spot those areas. Before we slip and fall, let's ask God to help us so that we can avoid them. Because we are in a spiritual fight. We may not want to admit it. We want to be like, well you know what, I'll pray, but I don't I don't really want to engage the enemy like that. Well, I'm sorry, he's engaging you, so you better be engaging him. It doesn't change the fact that you don't want it, so you know what you need to be doing is you need to be praying for the power of Jesus over your own life. You need to be binding the enemy that hopes to steal, kill, and destroy. And as your family leaves their house, you're praying, God, would you watch over them today? The enemy is going to come and attack them, but I pray that you would protect them, that you would give them strength, that you would put angels, not just around our cars why do we just pray for angels to be around our cars when we're traveling but god that you would be present in every situation in every circumstance in every conflict that the enemy is going to try to come in but god that you would be there to raise up a standard when he comes in like a flood let's dive into the fight i don't want it to be said of us that the enemy is working harder at destroying us than we are working at preventing him from doing it And if I'm not fighting him every day, if we're not fighting him every day, he's outworking us because he's not stopping. Look, Look in your Bible. It says that he only left Jesus alone for a season, for just a little bit. And then he came back and messed with them continually over and over again. What do you think he's doing with us? If you're not fighting him every day, he is outworking you. 613, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This last part I love, we need to declare faith in God's ability. Declare faith in God's ability in God's ability. We, we started with acknowledging God and who he was and our relationship to him and now Jesus comes full circle and he says, you know what, we started there, we're gonna end there as well. Let's point back to God, it's about him, it's about his glory and his power and his kingdom and his will and who he is. That's how these things get done. So when you pray, you can know that nothing is too hard for God, that nothing that you prayed in that moment made God nervous at all. There wasn't one thing that you brought in front of him, that he was like, Oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do with that. That's kind of a surprise to me today. What's going No, no, no. There's nothing about that. I need to declare faith in God's ability. We can end our prayer time. You can end every time you pray with declaring who God is and how big he is. You can pray to the God who's the creator of all things with just a word. He didn't even have to break a sweat, he just said it and it happened. Jeremiah tells us that he did all of that stuff because he is strong and he is powerful. We see in other places that his strength does not run out. We can remind ourselves that he has never failed. He won't start with us and with him all things are possible. As we pray these things, we can remind the enemy, we can remind our family, and we can remind ourselves that God's got this all in hand. He is a big God. He's got big, strong arms, and he is in your corner. He is fighting for you, and let the church say amen. That's how we can end our prayers together. Let me pray over you, Jesus, right now. I ask that you would encourage us today that we can pray like you, that our prayer time and our prayer life can change because we're looking at the pattern that you gave us, that your word can come alive inside of us, that we can spend time with you, we can connect to you relationally. You want to hear from us. You want to know what's going on. You're already working things out. You just want us to look for the answer that we've been praying for. God, you would change who we are that prayer would become a first response for us. That we would be a people that would pray first. That we would jump in and fight the enemy. That God, we would acknowledge you and bring you in to all of the things that are going on in our world. We can block out the enemy. We can spend some time just hearing your voice. Spending time with you. Hearing how much you love us. Experiencing your presence. Help us to be a people that pray. And Lord, let our prayer time and our prayer life trickle out to those around us. That as we're praying more like you, we become more like you. And others want to be more like us because we're like you. And we get to point them towards you, God. Help us to be a great representative of who you are to the world around us. And we want to be better at prayer. So help us to set aside time. Help us to pray more and more like you. Let us start today. Pray this today and pray tomorrow so we can be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.